1: That's chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.
2: This is a crowd podcast. And they know they're coming into spa, Caroline Dubois.
3: Is there a pressure being in at such a successful gym as well?
0: World champions, it makes me want to go and get mine.
3: My... I've read a story before that you had to pretend to be called Colin.
0: By the end of it, if you're already starting at halfway point, you're not going to have anything by the last fight.
2: Let's get on with it. I'm George, he's Deck. Hello, it's the George Groves Boxing Club. Hello, Deckland. Hello, George. How are you? I'm very good. How are you? I am basking in the glory. Tell me about the glory.
3: Well, the reason, first of all, we should say sorry about the lack of um, HBT. The reason was because it was partly my fault because I forgot it was sports day. And at sports day, George, there's a dad's race. In fact, it's a parents race. It's not just so the dads, all parents invited. And I obviously smoked the competition. Having said that. I should I should admit that it was there was a, a variety or a range of different heats. One of the heats looked really quite tasty, and I luckily didn't land in that one. I probably would have lost, but yeah.
2: If there's heats, deck that spells some sort of pyramid scheme. Well, that's what I thought. Into a semi-finals finals, and what just after you run your race. Just the next one went, but there was there was another one. I thought it was going to be like once you'd run, everyone just sort of quit. It's like, oh, it's no point now.
3: Most people were saying I didn't realise they were allowing professional athletes in here, but
2: so what? No, but you're talking about just a. It sounds like a conventional race here, Deck. Right? What about egg and spoon race? What about three legged race? Anything like this? The only thing for the parents was a straight up dash. I think it was about.
3: Probably about 60 meters, which is bad because I'm sort of, I really sort of find my strides at sort of 10,000 meters. Um, so I su- did suggest that. I asked if we could do a steeplechase or even a half marathon. Like I was telling them all about Prague and that. But yeah, apparently they didn't have time for that yesterday, which is a bit of a joke. But um, the boy had to do uh, egg and spoon came last. Um, he had to do a sort of javelin vibe came first. It's just kind of who gets it right on the day, who gets the game plan right. His egg and spoon was nailed on like it didn't the the egg didn't move like a millimetre you want the
2: egg nailed on don't
3: you (laughs) yeah ideally but he was just so slow in the fact that he was holding it on the spoon which was great but everyone beat him because they were just running along eggs going everywhere but um yeah you know it's for like successful sports day all round but it did get in the way of um, of our how about that but it was uh, it was actually a really hot day desperately could have done with something on my head george anything you can help me with wow. on, that, on that front i
2: am so glad you asked mm. because uh, a new alert has popped up in the merch caps now available so if you head over to link you know the epic link on um the linktree and you will find a link to the caps. We got caps.
3: I want to see hats on holiday, don't you? If you get a hat, send us a picture of you wearing it. One person has been in touch, George. Nathan Tuffin, aka the possum. Do you know this guy? Is so it? this guy so so Nathan, one of my oldest dearest friends. We sort of lost touch over the years because, you know, I moved away from Swindon and yada yada yada. Um but one of my you old you grew him in Swindon. Oldest dearest dear oldest dearest friends poss. Um famously yeah, just labeled him POS in a geography lesson and what what we are now, 20 years later, maybe more, 22 years later, he's still known as POS. Um, Anyway, he's been in touch. He got in touch on Instagram probably because I'm posting our podcast all over my Instagram all the time. And he said that he's not a massive boxing fan, but he started listening and he he loves the pod. Anyway, he got in touch. He's got a question for us, George. He said, hi, George and Deck. Fantastic work on the pod. I only started listening a few weeks ago and now I'm completely addicted. I'm a very casual boxing fan, but I've been learning loads from the ex link guests you interview and the accessible way you both talk about the sport when I play boxing video games my strategy is to whack my opponent with as many haymakers as possible in the hope that I will knock them out before my boxer completely runs out of stamina and can be blown over by a stiff breeze when I play against my dad he moans at me for not boxing properly and then throws hundreds of bland jabs at me until the fight ends (laughs) could my haymaker strategy ever be seen as a legitimate approach and are there any current boxers that do anything like it someone who throws a bunch of bombs and hopes to knock out their opponent early knowing they won't have enough juice to make it to the end of the fight keep up the great work Nathan the possum toughen that's a great question George
2: the person who springs to mind for me is Nigel Ben. Nigel Ben. when you watch Nigel Ben fights that was all over the majority of them were first second round KO victories it's a great shout he's fighting like his life depends on (laughs) it, and um, as sometimes it can be a bit crude but he's just putting 110% haymakers into every shot the odd times when he did come unstuck with the guys who he couldn't sort of blow away I think with the haymakers off the bat and he had to dig deep
3: I was racking my brains here and it's not like
2: hundreds of them pop
3: up because the truth is if that is what you do you're not going to get that far but for the most part, the key is being able to kind of blend the two and use it when you need to. Like, you might think about someone like Deontay Wilder. He can look crude at times, but he still uses his jab and he boxes. Often he gets outboxed, but he has that equaliser. But it's not like he's just reckless everything into the first couple of rounds. It's not kind of what he does, is it? Even though he's got that extreme power. It's not as commonplace as you might think, is it? Babich, Yeah, like, oh, good uh, shout. Sort of a very slightly good shout. lower yeah. level
2: where it's like, you don't think this guy's going to have success at the top end but it's fun to be fan friendly at, at, at sort of his level. It's that sort of anything goes. Derek Chisora at times has adopted that approach where you think he can't keep up this pace for 12 full rounds, but if he can break your heart in the first half, sort of almost like that Joe Frazier sort of peekaboo guard and he's walking you down and he's swinging. And then when they're coming at you at full velocity, they're intimidating, but you're right Dick, Like you think about wilder, I thought like wilder fury three and, he decided to be a little bit more gung ho from the start. Put power into every shot and gassed out.
3: Like Freezy McBones, Bones. Freezy Mac the new guy with BT, Frank Warren fighter. He's very much, he loves a haymaker and that's what he does. And he, you know, he ha- hopes to catch you. But um, he could, you know, he can box as well. I think the best, if you really look at the best, the best of the best across any era. It's about control, isn't it?
2: Yeah. I mean, it's fun to go through the archives, find some black and white footage because them guys do throw a lot of haymakers, a lot of bombs. And I think a lot of times they're mismatched because they box so frequently. It's like, oh, this guy can go, this guy can go. It's not frantic, although it is haymakers. Like you see Rocky Marciano would knock guys out cold and it's always with a big loop in bent arm shot, but his feet are under him and almost a little bit haymaker-ish. From the, from the waist up
3: keep them coming in by the way George because I feel we need we've got a Q&A we must have a Q&A up our sleeves soon we've got loads of questions in the bank so if anyone's got any more slightly longer form questions like that anything goes as well whether you're a new boxing fan or whether you it's a bit more intricate and about George's career or whatnot one person who doesn't just rely on haymakers George is today's guest she's on a
2: meteoric rise to the top she's already vastly experienced
3: yes it's Caroline Dubois obviously once just known as kind of the sister of Daniel coming up but he's She's stepping out out of the shadow and probably a big claim this, but I feel like she will be the first pound for pound number one that we have in this club.
2: More and more interviews from Caroline Dubas. We had to get in first before uh, she's told everyone her story. Yeah, before she gets
3: bored. Yeah, let's get her in.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Today... We have a fighter who has been described by Elite Club member Mike Costello as the best female fighter he's seen. An Olympic youth champion, a world youth champion, and four time European youth champion. Keep it coming. It's Caroline Dubois. <laughs>
0: Woo! Hey. hey, hey,
2: Caroline! Welcome to the show. Thanks for coming on.
0: Thank you, guys, for inviting me. I'm happy to be
2: here. Yeah, now you're the
3: latest Shay McGuigan I know. boxer as well. Yeah. So we, I think, is that everyone? We're missing our DJ.
0: Is it Adam and Hassan?
3: Yeah, we've had both of them. We, we've had, oh, them. had them. CBS, Ellie, just missing Robbie David Jr. I think. Every episode we try and have like a theme. Depending on who the guest is, it's like, what could the theme be? Now, we think, because based on like what Mike Costello said, the building that like you've had from Sky and your credentials as an amateur and now as a professional, mm-hmm. you're under incredible pressure. Let's start at that Mike Costello. We had Mike in, of course, you know Mike. Yeah, he said when he saw you at the, I think it was at the Junior uh, Olympics. Youth Olympics. Youth yeah. Olympics. And he said, this boxer is maybe the best I've ever seen. And how old were you there, 17?
0: 17, yes.
3: Yeah, so what was that like? And can you remember when like, when you heard that and you're like, whoa?
0: Well, I know, it was amazing. I mean, the Youth Olympics was like, it was basically the Olympics on a minor level, but it was amazing to qualify. You had to go for the whole process and it was a big thing to do, you know? And to finally get out there and then it was just absolutely amazing. They had the village, everything, it was amazing. And then obviously, you know, I won and everything. I come home and, and there was a lot of, you know, reception that I received, since coming back you know I got loads of um, sponsorship opportunities and then to have Mike Costello say what he said and then you know to get I think I got the uh, sports personality y- young person sports personality and it was it was a really good year for me that year and um, it was um, nice to top it off with like all the good res- you know messages that I received and stuff like mm. that
3: where, where was it?
0: Buenos Aires Argentina
3: oh nice because oh, also excited. that that year didn't Hopi Price and yeah. Carol Atoma they won literally, gold literally
0: all the boxes won gold and no one else won gold
3: but, but do you know what <laughs> (laughs) people, no disrespect to Hopi and to Carol, but people talk about you mainly from that Olympics. It was like the Olympics of Caroline Dubois. (laughs) Like breaking out. Yeah, yeah. What was it like when you came back and like, yeah, people like Mike saying that and just people like, okay, because obviously people knew Daniel. They're like, oh, that's Daniel's sister.
0: Yeah. Obviously when I went to the Olympics, I think, Because of my name, the Dubois name, I carried a bit of a, you know, recognition. Like people recognised the name and they were like, oh, let's see what, you know, what she's all about. And then obviously I'll go out there, win and perform. I was able to create my own name. You know, it wasn't just Daniel Dubois's little sister. I was Karen Dubois and, you know, I was a good boxer myself. Mm.
2: Are you already part of the GB setup at this point? Was there funding available for youth females or would you just picked and you went?
0: As you know, like there's obviously a difference between England and GB. Um, I wasn't old enough to... To be on the GB squad at that point and I wasn't really getting funded or anything like that but I had like little funding from lottery funding for young young kids coming through but I wasn't yet part of the GB team. I was too young, I was 17 and you turned senior at 18 and I was too young.
3: Did you feel the pressure of being a Dubois?
0: No, I feel like I've always been my own person and I've never really cared about what people think in terms of like, oh, you're somebody's little sister or whatever, and you know, I've always said, I'm gonna show how good I am. I don't care about anyone else. I know I'm a competitive person. I've always, you know, tried to be the best that I can possibly be, no matter what. I've always tried to be the one that stands out, but I'm sure that's how it is with, you know, all families and all siblings and whatever. Like if you're in a sport and you're competing, you want to be the best. I feel like going out to the youth Olympics, going out to anything, whatever I do, I always just try to be the best at what it is I'm doing
3: What amateur club were you at like mainly because Daniel moved around a lot what was your vibe I think
0: we both jumped yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, and I think it was a good thing but um, I think at the time I must have been with um, either Fisher or Repton
3: and what was it were you boxing on club shows at that at that point or were you um, like George because no you never way. barely did did you you were always international Were you? was that the same for you yeah
0: really uh, I used to get straight finals every time and I just boxed once a year what
3: just because no one wanted to box there you? was no
0: one there like there was girls and they would always pull out or move off and down weights like I was the first that nobody wanted to fight because they obviously wanted to box for England and if they tried to compete in the nationals they wouldn't get that opportunity because mm. I'd win and so they would have to move <laughs> <throw> up
3: that. <without. laughs> so what was that how does that happen so say you're so you're boxing so you start boxing you were very young when you started nine yeah nine so then at what point are like GB and like the national setup sort of aware of you I think
0: they were aware straight away because when I went to the um, first Europeans I was the first person from England at this age as a female to bring back the gold medal oh so they're like okay straight away they're already looking at me and obviously me and a few other girls we were always going to the Europeans we were always coming back and bringing back gold medals or silver medals and stuff like that and um, as soon as I hit 18 and I was old enough to be on the GB team I was taken in I didn't even have to win at ABAs they just said "All right, let's just because obviously the Olympics was coming around fast and they wanted to get the Olympic squad and so they just took us in and um We just trained with the GB teams and we did spars and gym gym bouts and then that was what helped select me to be on the Olympic team
2: did you have a lot of sparring on GB and are you sparring other females or are you sparring yeah that
0: was actually being up in GB was the first time I was able to spar females consistently it wasn't like you know at a different level like they were the elite the best of the best and that was the first time I was able able to spar consistently literally going up to GB I was having gym wars with females
3: there must have been pressure from the outset then because it's like there's one spot
0: and obviously because of COVID happened there was no other qualifier now we have like three qualifying opportunities and at the time it was only one and if you lose then that's it the Olympic dream is gone so it was horrible it was very intense to get on the team there was so much compi- competition there was four girls at the same weight all the other girls were more experienced than me they have been on the GB team much longer than me it was a very intense experience mm. and I'm happy I went through it because I felt like it was character building
3: Do you, you had that a bit obviously with James Gale yeah, in your I club can imagine yeah, and <laughs> the like, competition <laughs> So you felt it from an early <laughs> age and how much do you think like what Caroline said there how much do you think that primed you mm. for later on it sort of got you used to that environment of like dog eat dog yeah yeah,
2: yeah that, was, that was that element of dog eat dog and there was I mean you got picked I didn't yeah. so my nose was put out from, <laughs> from, from, from the start got a chip
0: know. on your shoulder, sure. on the shoulder. Yeah, definitely yeah.
2: and I like a good rivalry uh, as such Do you like as... that
0: being up in like obviously it wouldn't have been up in Shuffled at the time but like being around the person that you're supposed to be competing with, you both want the same sport, and like yeah. So
2: who who are these who are these females? Do we know who they are?
0: Shona Whitwell. Oh yeah. Paige Murney, Gemma Richardson, and there was even like other girls like Hannah Hannah Robinson and stuff like that. But they were the number twos, and so it was me, Paige, who was a Commonwealth silver medalist, Shona Whitwell, who was European bronze medalist, and then the seniors before me, and then there's just me, who's a youth Olympic champion. <laughs> <laughs> never competed as a senior never done anything as a senior and they're like why are you going to give a spot to this young kid <laughs>
2: so, you, <laughs> so you competing because obviously i paint a picture for those who might not know up in Sheffield everyone's in you're all staying in the same yeah. hotel you're yeah. staying in sort of similar accommodation the
0: runs everything is and done they the same yeah. and they would get you up and then
2: you do the same sort of sessions yeah. so if they're getting you up they might not have done it when you was there but they get you up half six seven o'clock take you over either the track or somewhere and you'd run, are you in your mind thinking, I'm going to finish first on this run? Or are you thinking... (laughs) Now, just <laughs> save it we've got sparring at three o'clock I'm going to take some I'm going to make some heads roll
0: <laughs> see I would have liked to finish first but unfortunately I was always last <laughs> <laughs> <Well, yeah. laughs>
3: <laughs>
0: which wasn't good <laughs> but I was always the best in the strength and conditioning so I made up for it there
3: what, what's it like when you're kind of bustling and same questions to you George like do you even consider it are you even thinking like
0: yeah. there's pressure on you. now it is competition like yeah, the you, coaches you always thinking, come down to do they arms. actually the coaches literally they're watching you run and it's like okay, the qualifiers is coming up in four weeks. I need to be the best. I need to be making sure my weight is okay. I need to be making sure the sparring, I can't lose not one spar against these girls. If I'm in the ring, I have to beat them.
3: What was the decision to turn professional at this point or the time you did? Because you could have stayed amateur because you're so young. You could have gone again.
0: Yeah, I had loads of people advising me to stay on. And to be honest, the Olympics was my dream. I remember watching the 2012 Olympics and Katie Taylor walked out and she was fighting Natasha Jonas. And the crowd was insane. I remember the noise and I wasn't even there I was at home and I was just this young kid and I could hear it I could feel it it was the most amazingness feeling like I felt like I was there and when she went and fought the Russian in the final I was like oh my goodness this is amazing I want to go to Olympics I want to medal and it was my dream since being 11 years old and so when I lost it was horrible and it was very hard to take but my dad was like just turnover at this point so I did.
3: Mm, what was the overall experience?
0: I feel like the journey to get there was so character building. Like, Because I was really struggling with making the weight. You know, I was 19. Yeah. I'd been out the weight for like so long. And it's not like as a professional, it's like amateurs. You fight five times in six days. you box in five times. You have to weigh in every day. And um, it's a different, you know. I remember a coach told me, going to the tournaments, it's like having a cup of water. Every time you fight, a little bit of that water gets poured out. By the end of it, if you're already starting at halfway point, you're not going to have anything. Think by the last fight so it's a very endurance kind of thing and you have to be prepared
3: when we talk about pressure you were very young yeah. and even though you'd done so well as a youth but yeah. w- it was kind of like the pressure wasn't piled on you people knew of you and knew of your name but it was like look, Caroline's very young like yeah. let's see what you can do yeah how did you feel about that? And did you feel, I'm sure you weren't just like, oh, look, I'm here, I want to take part. It was no, about. 100%
0: yeah. No, 100%. My mind, I was saying, I'm going there to win gold. out. Like some girls were saying, I'm just so happy if I can medal. I was saying, I want that gold medal. I didn't care about the bronze the silver I wanted the gold Uh, but I didn't really go out there and I felt pressured I didn't feel the pressure of people I just felt expectations for myself I felt like I was doing it for the you know nine-year-old girl who first walked into the gym repped in the the 11-year-old girl who watched the Olympics and was blown away by it I felt like I was doing it for myself so all the pressure was the pressure that I put on myself I wasn't you know I felt like I'd done so well just to even get on the team and qualify I didn't care about other people's expectations I just cared about you know, the expectations on myself. I box for myself. You know, I starve myself. I get up for the runs. I do the weight training. I do this, I'm, I'm the only one suffering. So the only one that really is gonna enjoy the, the success is me. So I I was doing it all for myself.
3: Does that strike a call with you at all, George? Like how did you feel when you, when you were kind of that stage or when you were coming up, did you feel like I'm doing it for just me? I don't really care like about anyone else.
2: Yeah. I mean, you try and, you try and shy away from, from mm. opinion, But it can drive you, can't it? Yeah. I mean, it can, it can spur you on. I ended up boxing right was like boxing de Gale again yeah. and the yeah. pros where like that it felt like the pressures on that fight where people's opinions do matter to you. You know, we had Anthony Crawler on talking about yep. people putting their WhatsApp picture, yeah. you know, it was Team Crawler or <laughs> Team Team Murray. Team Murray. John Murray yeah. Which is, uh, is funny. But so you're now at a position where right you've decided I'm gonna turn professional yeah. and you sign a deal with Boxer. Mm. Sky it's a new promotion for a lot of people you know they've been promoting before but they hadn't had you know the, the main seat at Sky mm. what was your idea behind that how did that come about
0: I first wouldn't be because before the Olympics I was you know I think I was a bit fed up of the whole GB setup you know I obviously appreciate it and I loved it but in the same way it was very intense and I was thinking okay I'm gonna go to Olympics win my gold and then I'm turning pro I was thinking okay I think a few months before the Olympics, I was like, let's go start looking around and seeing pro coaches. You know, I went around, I I went to a few different people and then I met Shane and then I was like, yeah, this is the one. I just instantly felt this this is the one. And then after the Olympics, we got the same thing. Um, We got loads of people like Matroom, Wasserman, a few other people like coming to us and giving us, you know, Frank Warren, they were like giving us deals and wanted to speak to us. You know, I went to Matroom, Frank, Wasserman and then Sky just came and blew everyone out of the water with the deal really (laughs) yeah like yeah
3: and they obviously I guess would have said we want you to be one of our main stars they were just
0: so enthusiastic I couldn't believe it you know I'd come back I hadn't even got a medal to my name (laughs) and they were like acting like I was an Olympic champion I was like okay (laughs) it was insane so coming back from the Olympics I was very disappointed and I felt kind of embarrassed in a weird way and it was their enthusiasm that helped convinced me and was like, okay, let's see what this is all about. Female
2: fighters are notorious for for being moved quick, right? But you're only nineteen years of age when you decide to turn professional. Mm. So it was advising you, you very much made up your own mind about the route and the path that you want to take.
0: When I turned pro, I said to myself, my first year as a pro, I just want to get used to it. You know, it was a COVID Olympics. We didn't experience the crowd and the the noise and the media and everything as what a normal Olympics brings. So I said, you know, I want to get used to fighting in front of a crowd because as an amateur, you're going away, you're fighting in Kazakhstan, Bulgaria. No one's there, just your teammates, and you don't experience that. So I said, let me, for the first year, experience that. I don't want to come out and be like camera shy or shocked or blown away by it so I want one year to just get used to that the media the, the fight week which is very different and everything and I think I did that but then as soon as the year went over and I went to the O2 show which really really did it for me I just said okay I don't want to mess around no more I want big fights I want proper fights I want to push on and be see myself being a world champion and I want to make it happen as quick as possible
3: How did it feel going straight in with Shane like as an amateur turning pro and then like kind of you're on your own but you're not on your own in the gym because there's all different yeah. pros but it's like everyone's running a different race
0: I felt like I was really happy that Shane had had a female fighter before me
3: in, <laughs> Ellie, Scotney.
0: in uh, Ellie Scotney and Chantel Cameron of course, like, yeah, I feel yeah. like he's like female fighters are a little bit different from the male fighters how yeah, you what, have to prepare what the them? difference
2: just- <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> there are quite a few like for example in training like sparring who are you going to get them to spar okay there's not many females around for me to spar just like in London there's just hardly none and the ones that are either they are seeing themselves as potential f- opponents somewhere down the line so they don't want to have too many spars or they're just not any so you have to make me spar boys but what kind of boys do you want me to spar mm. you know make me spar boys that are like stronger than me faster, fit or whatever like you have to be careful and you have to go about it in a different way and the sparring is the training is different Obviously obviously females we have cycles yeah <laughs> and um we make. Is, Sh- is shane in tune may, with that now well yeah like i feel like he's very in tune with that you know he has ellie scotney who's someone who has to you know really dig to make weight has to really dig to you know get herself ready and and he's he's used to that now mm. and he's had Chantel cameron who's had her her struggles and stuff like that I feel like he's clocked on he knows how we are like
3: Talking of sparring boys let's wheel it right back I've read a story before that you had to pretend to be called co- yeah. a boy called Colin
0: When I first started I was nine went to Repton because that's when my older brother was boxing at the time and Repton was Repton Boys Boxing Club Of course They yeah. weren't allowed anyone it yeah. still is so there was this guy what was his name forget his name he was really intimidating really scary especially as a nine year old One of the coaches like, He was really scary like kid like he was really scary you go there now on the Sundays he was still be there bullying little kids (laughs) like (laughs) he's terrified like especially as a nine-year-old and he didn't take nothing like he was serious on it you know I did loads of different sports running gymnastics swimming and when you walk into those clubs there's a different vibe, a different atmosphere. It's fun. It's for the family. It's for the kids, especially when you're so young. They try to keep it light and keep it in that attitude. But you walk into the Repton Amateur Boxing Club, it's a total different atmosphere. I remember on the way to the gym for the first time, I'd pested my dad. I was like, "Dad, I want to go boxing. I want to box. I want to box." <laughs> and he was I'm like, "Beat up somebody." <laughs> <laughs> he was like, "Okay, finally we we go there." And as we're going, he's like, "Okay, this is a boys' boxing club. They're not gonna let you in if you say you're a girl." At first, you know, I thought my dad was joking but as soon as I walked in and I saw there was only men there was only boys I was like okay maybe there's some seriousness about this the guy I think his name was Freddie, I think that's what it was he comes up to me and he's really big really scary and he's like what's your name and at first I said Caroline but I said it so quietly he didn't hear me and he was like what so I look around I see no one there so I'm like "Uh, it's Colin and uh, that's, <laughs> well, you just thought and that's of where it off, that's where it started that's where it happened that's what happened
3: Colin Dubois
0: yeah
3: <laughs> was Daniel already boxing there was he, he at was, the Repton he was boxing he was at the and was that the reason you were like i want to do what dan's doing yeah at that
0: point? um i was getting ignored <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs>
3: so
0: <laughs> someone saw
2: colin <laughs> uh, yeah yeah <laughs> can, can, can get give colin gym. some dinner yeah so
3: middle child but there's 11 of you right yeah there's yeah. 11. and so there's other boxes in there as well right
0: yeah um all my brothers boxed uh solomon he's nine he's boxing well he's 10 now and prince he boxed and Daniel, obviously.
3: Mm. Is that a good thing? Like, yeah. As in when you're starting out, was it like cool? I guess you're older than Prince and yeah. Solomon, but was it good to have an older brother who was there and yeah. beating people up and whatnot?
0: Yeah, definitely. I think it, it takes off the load when you go into the gym, you know, has young fathers. I don't know if George experienced that, but like if your dad's taking you to the gym, you see all the time, you know, the dads are so enthusiastic. They want so much. And it's hard, obviously, being the only child and your parents want so much from you. But when there's more there, it's like the the pressure is shared,
2: shared. the load, yeah. Did you join um, with Shane before Daniel or after Daniel together?
0: I was the first one who went to Shane and um, I was the one who basically was like, yeah, this is the guy that I wanted to go. I was the one who actually break things down and slow things down and teach me actually physically something different, something new. From the first pad session, I felt like I was missing all the shots. I wasn't hitting it properly and I was like, why is this happening? And then he just explained things and broke it down a little bit and it made sense and I felt like, okay, he's going to show me stuff he isn't just going to make me feel good when I'm on the pads. He's actually going to make me improve.
3: So you're flying the flag for the Dubois in that in that camp. Has that been strange? I guess, oh, were you seeing much of Daniel in the gym? Like, because you yeah. know that everyone comes in at different yeah. times and whatnot. Yeah, How we, did
0: they- we'd come in at the same time. Okay. Um, so, yeah.
2: I mean, the gym's lovely. Like, I, I, um, I like the gym. I'm fussy when it comes to, like, the actual gym. Mm. Like, it's like, there's a big space lots of daylight nice place to go and train you've got the field outside mm. don't know if you ever you would utilise no. it yeah. nah, don't, don't, don't look at I <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> yeah. no, just look you at it park park think about, about the
0: runs that I should be doing yeah. Yeah.
2: you can park outside it's easy yeah. <laughs> I like training with Shane I thought um, good boxing brain plenty there to teach you know um, amenable would like go with you learn with you go on the journey with you
3: and what about the relationship with Shane how's that developed because I guess yeah. you're both kind of trying to work each other out yeah. in the early stages yeah 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 and definitely you're trying to see like you know he would have heard all the stories and seen you how yeah. you performed as an amateur mm. and he's like okay let's see what, what I've got here mm-hmm. and you're the same seeing yeah. like what can I actually get from this person
0: and another thing that I like about Shane is that like he's young like you see many coaches you know they're so old and they're very stuck <laughs> in their way yeah, true. like they are literally they tell you what to do and they expect you to do it like forget about what you want it's about what I say and how I want it to be done and um, I feel like Shane isn't like that he's very like open to change in a sense mm. like he'll let you have your opinion and how you think it should be done and I I think that's one of the best things um, in terms of relationships I feel like there's definitely you know a long way to go I feel like I'm a very private person and it takes time for me to open up but I feel like we're heading in the right direction and we're gonna get to that point where it's like he doesn't even have to say anything he just we just get it I and mean, it's just clicking instantly
3: mm. Is there a pressure being in such a successful gym as well?
0: I like it I feel like that pushes you on you know we're not in a sense where we're competing each other like we want what we want like we both want to see each other do well like when Ellie won the world championship title I was very happy and made up for same with Chris like I was there it was an amazing atmosphere and it's it's amazing and I feel like um we just want to see each other do well and I know I want to see the best for everyone else in the team Hassan Adam everyone and they want to see the best for me so I think we just push each other on And like seeing them there world champions it makes me want to you know go and get mine.
2: Talking of all them stable mates you've got, have you sparred any of them yet?
0: I mean, I used to spar Adam and Hassan uh, back in Del Youth, but... Oh, yeah, I heard this one. <laughs> yeah, yeah bit... You
2: were very young then?
0: Yeah. Yeah, yeah. so
2: what's... Colin. All... Yeah,
3: Colin, yeah. No, 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 I was Caroline, Caroline at that point. Yeah, yeah, I was so, Caroline. How long ago was that then? Paint us a picture.
0: Um, So after directing, the they got me a fight and they got, you know... How you get fired? You have to do your medical, you have to see a doctor. Obviously that couldn't happen. So we left. We went to Del Youth and um
3: Oh, because they still thought you were Colin.
0: Yeah, they still thought I was oh Colin. Oh my
3: god. <laughs> <laughs> it's one of them you know when the line just chases up you like shit, and we're gonna have to f- yeah. the game's up we'll yeah. Not to be too crude. Yeah.
2: The doctor goes yeah. cough. Yeah. <laughs> you'll be like <laughs> How long did you beat
3: the bitch? How long no did you operate as a, as Colin then? I thought we are talking one session, but no, I guess no, no, once no. you're in and you're called Colin, you're <laughs> fucked then, aren't you? Yeah. Because you can't go, oh sorry, by the way, mate, I'm my name's Caroline.
0: Yeah, yeah, exactly. How
3: long, were you, how long did that go on?
0: It went on for like, I'd say six months. Six it, months? Know, quite a while. That's
3: amazing. That's was, so good. And was, then you went to you the And then
0: we went to you Okay. Uh, with Gary McGuinness, who was the head of the junior team, the junior squad, and we had to be clear and transparent with him. We said, you know, <laughs> obviously, he was very like at first apprehensive. He was saying, you know, who's she going to spar, you know?
3: You were the only girl there? I was
0: the only girl and he was like, She's got to spar the boys. And my dad was like, yeah, no problem. That's no problem. She's been (laughs) sparring boys at Repton. And he was like, okay, let's put in the ring. We spar one time. And if she's good, she can stay. If not, well, then we'll think she can move on. I sparred and he was like, he was very blown away. He was very impressed. And he was just like, all right. Let's, let's see where this goes was
3: that with Adam That's that,
0: no that wasn't with okay, Adam I, was like, say, I don't think I would have been that what a with...
3: baptism of fire that would have been you could spar Adam as him so, so at what point then did you spar Adam
0: um, I think he came down like,
3: he was Amy at the time he was yeah. in wig <laughs> <laughs> <He
0: is there>. <laughs> <laughs> oh, let going
3: too far. <laughs> how, how long were you? Had you been there before Adam popped up? I guess what were you similar
0: weight at that point? Yeah, we we're like similar age, similar yeah. weight. Um, I was there. Adam came, and then Hassan started boxing afterwards because he was doing kickboxing first. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, we both I think joined the gym similar times. It took about two weeks, and then we were sparring each other. It was, it was really intense, like very very competitive sparring. Mm.
3: I interviewed Adam. I, was, I spoke to Adam about it, and he was like, "You couldn't like." Yeah. He couldn't drop his guard. Compared. And especially I I imagine if you're a boy that age, you're like, Oh well, sparring a girl I'll be yeah. fine straight away and then you're like fucking hell like it was a quick rude awakening. Yeah. With the sparring now, how do you how do you go about like what does Shane do?
0: Yeah, I'm just sparring literally finding, you know, boys and bringing them in and I've I've been it's been very good like this camp has been pretty much all f- all mouth sparring but it's been good I've it's, it's been hard but it's been good
2: mm. and they know they're coming into spar Caroline Dubois yeah. yeah how do they approach it
0: I've grown up you know sparring boys I, I can tell you know how it's going to be from the first get go even, <laughs> even before I spar I can tell you know when they walk in how they're going to be you know sometimes they're nice and respectful you know they understand that I'm a professional fighter you know I've, I've gone to the Olympics I've done all this stuff and they respect that I'm not just a female, but I'm a boxer, you know? Mm. And they step in the ring and they have that respect. Like lately, I've been sparring this boy, Christian Fetty. He's been very, very good. He's been very high class sparring. You could ask anyone. Very, he doesn't, you know, let up. He can't let up. He mm. has to go at 100%. I go at 100%. It's very competitive, very good sparring. But then sometimes you get people and they walk into the gym and they just think, oh, I'm sparring a girl and they think something. They step in the ring and then, and then I show it's, it's, it's a completely other matter. Some people get upset about it. You know, when I hit them hard, they get a little bit. They? they get a little bit <laughs> it's hard to take. It's a it's a mixture of the two but I feel like I've I've learned and I'm matured about it. And it doesn't affect me as much as maybe it used to.
2: Mm. Have you iced anyone in the gym yet?
0: Nah, not yet.
2: (laughs) (laughs) That's a yes.
3: (laughs) Do you feel that? That feels like it's almost like you want to prove yourself. And when you get in there, do you ever feel like the person straight away, you're going, this person's not, they're they're holding it back.
0: You can tell instantly when someone's either going in there, taking the piss or when they're going in there and being 100%. Mm. I feel like after a spar with me, they they get the respect and I earn their respect.
3: Mm. We're going to go on to your career in a bit, but we just want to talk generally about women's boxing mm. because it feels like when Katie Taylor lost to Santel Cameron, yeah. it was like a big moment for mm. the
0: for women's boxing. It was boxing. it was a big it change. It's just like, a change, yeah. It's like you know the Queen's been taken off the throne and she's been the Queen for so long. Who's going to be the new one? Mm. It's like everybody's. Gun ho for that spot now. Yeah. Well, it's interesting because she didn't fight for the one three five belts. You know, she's still lightweight champion. So it's in- interesting to see where the rematch goes. I think that's really going to decide what happens now.
3: Do you think that if Katie loses again, second the second fight loses twice in a row against the same person, she obviously achieved everything at her age and everything that she's done. Do you feel like that we might see the, the back of Katie? Um, so that might be enough for her to sort of sign off, and then and then it really is open yeah, season for the rest yeah. of you.
0: I generally, with total respect, hope so. You know, I, I really. <laughs> I really hope so you know I think she's done so much she's achieved so much and I genuinely think her and Cluster Shields both deserve the title of the quote you know the greatest women of all time they've done amazing things and they genuinely have done like changed the sport and the way it's seen and I think she should retire after Dep- regardless of whether she wins or loses I genuinely think she should retire and you know sell off into the sunset as a champion and the queen of Ireland
3: How has it been assessing like the women's boxing picture as a whole over yeah. the last let's say six or seven years it's been great it's yeah. been great
0: like this it's not even the last six years I'd say the last two you know we've seen the lights of um, Alicia come through you know a character personality a very skillful boxer we see Michaela Mayor, who's been Slowly building her name for quite some time now. We've seen obviously Kay Taylor, we've seen Klesha Shields. There's so many girls right now that are just out there, and it's like so many different opportunities, so many different directions. Like, I can stay at 135, or I can move up to 140, and then there's Sandy Ryan. That's an opportunity. I can move up to 147. There's, you know, there's Natasha Jonas, there's Terry Harper. There's so many opportunities, and I think it's really good for boxing.
2: I thought it was always going to be a handful of female fighters mm. like a Caroline Dubois who's exceptional and I still think he's got an, a lot of growing to do you know there's going, there's going to be more and more fight female fighters year after year after year pro, exactly. I've got to be honest re- it's refreshing that you haven't turned pro and you're not fighting for world title in free fights because yeah. not that it takes anything away from the world title for those that, that have done it but you're supposed to suffer for one <laughs> <You're> spo- <laughs> he's bitter because he yeah. had to yeah, <laughs> oh yeah. got, as a fan of watching boxing I'd love to see women's boxing moves to three minute rounds
3: here we go yeah let's get on to that just
2: because what you, you know I spent ten years in the pro gym learning the pro style how to set traps and how to take advantage of that and it's going to be very difficult to do that over two minutes mm-hmm. and then there's going to be a lot of female fighters who have success just because they just let their hands go over two minutes and I, I'm a fan of your sort of style where you try and put people away and take their head off and get knockouts mm-hmm. you know if if I wake up in the morning from a fight in the States and I know it's gone the distance I'm nowhere near as excited as if it's gone 30 seconds yeah, um, <laughs> and it's the time it's, it's the only thing in the world where you're happy to, for it to go shorter. You know, <laughs> at least I am. <laughs> so where,
3: yeah, where do you land on that Caroline? Because usually we would say, oh, but you know, we need three minute rounds because you get more knockouts. But you knock everyone out anyway in two minutes. I'm trying, so I'm you're trying. fine. Like you're okay. Yeah. So um, what yeah, do you think? I feel
0: like um, it's got a lot to do with how you punch and how you, the intent. Intent of how you punch and how you fight. Like, um, look at Savannah Marshall. She's getting knockouts yeah. in two minutes. And I, I think it's more to do with how you're fighting, how you fight to get the stoppages. Um, Alicia Bam Garden is not doing too bad with the knockouts as well. But look, um, definitely, I think if you do three minute rounds, then you'll see a lot more stoppages. Yeah. You'll see people get more physically tired, get more broken down, and they will just end up quitting a lot more. You don't really get that in the two minutes because the rounds go so quick. And, um, I think if you bring the three minute rounds into, You'll see a lot, a lot more stoppages and a lot more beatdowns and a lot of more blood in the ring.
3: But do you not think as well that it might change the spectacle because women's boxing is very frantic and like yeah. all like like action.
0: In a way, people, people enjoy love that. that. People love the yeah. excitement. Like when the men, you can get fights where it's like, oh, that was a it's bit. Been going lap-luster. on a while. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that was a bit, oh, uh, not how it's I like wanted what, it to what go. What round is it? <laughs> <laughs> <There's> four <laughs> left. No, yeah. yeah. So I think there is a bit of a, Okay, there's a difference. There's the men boxing, the the long, broke, slow process. It's more of a marathon,
2: yeah.
0: <laughs> and then <laughs> yeah. you have the females. Women's boxing, yeah, which is like a sprint, a sprint like yeah. a hundred meters. Like bam, you get exactly what you pay for. It's just punching non-stop yeah if
3: you so if you could press a button tomorrow and it's like we're going to women's boxing is three minutes and it's 12 rounds now for championship fights do you think it's ready to go
0: no i think it has to be if you're going to do three minutes you have to do three ten men, yeah, 10 minutes okay 10 threes, Yeah. Like
3: that. yeah 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 that'd be an easy bridging gap
0: yeah
2: just talking about pressure as well and women's boxing and you was quite quiet when you turned pro you know you are answered you know you did all the interviews you had to do but since recently yeah maybe it's since you the changing of i'm chasing world titles now yeah. you're much more well talkative yeah like, open open <laughs> there was a time when you've been
3: podcast fuck like that
0: it's just mature and i think growing, getting older more mature and i enjoy books and i enjoyed the whole side of both of it i don't enjoy the fight week interviews but <laughs> every other side of it i enjoy like i actually you know i feel like this is where i'm learning to this is my home and this is what i do like this is all part of my business and my sport. So I'm learning to make it where I'm trying to be good at all sides of it.
3: Mm. Actually, you say that though, I, I interviewed you. What was that? You must've been 16 yeah, or something. The first, you were the
0: first one. Yeah. yeah.
3: Remember that? And, and I, I remember being like, you were really good. Yeah. I remember thinking, well, 16 year old Caroline Dubois, like she, like really, she's going to be really quiet or whatever. It yeah. was amazing interview, even then. But it was like, then you seem to go, I just want to focus on my boxing. Yeah. Did that? Is that how it feels? And yeah. now it's like, look, this is the, package i need to be the whole thing
0: exactly. i feel like exactly as you said um with boxing the media side of it is part of the package like you can't get one and the other whereas in the amateurs you literally go to a tournament you fight and that's it yeah there's no interviews there's no fight media It's just fighting that's where you have that mindset but as soon as you turn pro you realize that this is all part of the package and you have to do both
2: it felt for a while female fighters it was either they had to be a big personality or the they, they had to just concentrate on their boxing yeah. Yeah. you know and you obviously are well astute with boxing you know a lot about boxing you've got a lot of experience in boxing so you've got a lot to contribute talking wise but I was for a while was just thinking oh, Caroline Dubois she just wants to talk she just wants to box she's not interested <laughs> yeah. and then like, we had Ebony Bridges on the show she's talking about building her profile yeah. as much as she possibly can away from boxing obviously she has to fight she's a world champion mm. Mm. seemed like either or and I didn't know whether you Used now at this stage where maybe just before no one was asking the right questions or now you're making a more of a conservative You're a effort. big name as well.
0: I think I was just young, inexperienced and I just felt like I wanted to focus more maybe on the boxing and now I'm a professional boxer. Now I'm a professional in front of the lights and as you say, I'm building, trying to build my following and people are taking interest in me now, you know, if I'm going to get say the big fights with McKay, I'm not going to get it by saying quiet and creating no interest. I, I have to, you know, open my mouth and, you know, bark a little bit. Nice.
3: Okay. Well, we know, you know, you're boxing, but how do either of you know your boxing music? Right? right. We're going to have a quick break <laughs> and then we're back for the best feature ever.
1: Okay. Round two, name something that's not boring. Call, clickgranger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.
3: Caroline George, so it's feature time. So, Caroline, every episode we have a feature, a quiz of some description, okay? Mm-hmm come up with a name obviously it had to be Sweet Caroline yeah. had to be like we, I was sort of thinking about how could I what could I do with Dubois sort of Caroline I was thinking different things that rhyme with Sweet Caroline what quiz could I do that involves confectionery and sweets mm. and boxing cancelled that completely yeah. and I've gone Sweet Caroline famously is the song oh. the last song before the ring walks yeah okay so we're going to do a ring walk quiz Sweet Caroline <laughs> Sweet Caroline, synonymous with boxing. That little bit, the little pocket before the ring walk, yeah, so everyone's stuck in losing the plot it. and getting really excited. <laughs> losing the plot, did yeah. you go crazy? And then, yeah, and then <laughs> and then it's like right now it's the ring walks Okay, yeah. so this is a ring walk playlist. You're against each other. What I'm gonna do is play a fighter a famous fighters or famous ring walk songs. You have to guess who. Yeah, first person to come in. If you come in and get it wrong, I want the name of the boxer. If you come in and get it wrong, you're out. Hi. Okay, so don't go early. Hi. Every five seconds. I'm going to give you a clue or a little teaser of the boxer's name. Some of them, you're not going to need that. Okay, does that make sense? Let's go. So if it's going on and on and neither of you got it, I'll give you a couple of hints, okay? okay? go. We've only got, well, we've got nine of them, so there'll be no tie break. So we want someone to win this, okay? Oh, you ready? God. First one up, straight out of the gate is...
2: Sorry, oh, judge. Sorry, George. That's Chris Billem Smith.
3: Yes, Ugh. straight in. Well oh. done. 1-0 George. You should have got that one, Carol. Is your, your gym mate? Right, this one. Now this one's an interesting one. Let's see how either of you do it. Who is this? Manchester.
0: Caroline, I'm, get it? Oh, wait, i Andy Crawler. Who... Yeah,
3: boy, 2 uh, uh, no. 0. Uh, that was good. We we know that because we had a crawler on this. Get on this, uh, wait. Right. Here we go. You ready for this one?
0: Hey,
3: is this, um, this used? <laughs> no, you'll save that think, one for think, next think one. Think heavyweight.
0: Think heavyweight. Oh, wait, I know this one. He's gonna stop on us
3: now. Yes, yeah. is- South London.
0: Oh, David A! Easy!
3: That's so bad. Come on! Two one. <laughs> right, Caroline, you're on the board. So two one to you, George.
0: Um, you mate. Oh
3: Senior. Two, more. that was one second. Yeah, senior will accept that. <laughs> Simply the best, of course. Okay, this one's a bit of a curveball.
0: Oh, Stormzy, this is Aegis. Uh, <laughs>
3: yes! Which fight? Can you remember?
0: Yeah, the
3: Dillion mean, White one. Yep. And he did. Uh, Smash Yep, that he did. Funny. He had a live PA of Stormzy doing yeah. that in the ring. That was Very nice. Is that you winning already? That's 3 2? Yeah. Right, you ready? Okay, this one, piece of piss. So this is proper fastest finger first.
1: Oh my oh my yeah. oh.
3: yeah, George is back. Very nice. <laughs> nice and quick. Kel Brook of course all of the lights. And James The Gale. Yeah, but I always
2: oh, think contain- One of James The Gale track before we get back to uh, Drake. Yes, yeah, right. Cuz I, I I I used to ba, ba, ba. listen to all of the lights on all, it's on, it's on all, every one of my running playlists. There's of like Did you? Yeah. <laughs> Gale. Yeah. That's great.
3: That's great uh, insight there. So that's three all. This one might be more up your street, George, but depending, you know, how early you're watching boxing are we ready? I actually have no clue to Born in Italy. Nickname
0: Thunder. Come from Franks. For Mickey Ward. Famous Mickey Ward fights. Oh, is this Arturo? This ain't Arturo. Yeah, it is. Arturo. Arturo Gatti.
3: Lovely, right. Three. Is that three all? Four, four? I think we're level. Two more to go.
2: Ooh. Are we ready? Yeah, We've got a tiebreaker.
3: No, because there's only nine. There can't be a draw. No, not this. Oh yeah, this.
2: Ah, oh, you're gonna have to take this one. <laughs> on. Manchester Hitman. Yeah. Who's that? Uh, Ricky Hatton. Yeah. Yes! definitely not. Not, the not this
3: version. Either way, you got it. So blue I don't know what you. Moon. I don't know what you lighted me up for. <laughs> <laughs> but He goes. You I said blue moon. Anyways, okay. You're you're winning. Right, this one just to just to seal the deal. Oh uh, Roy. <laughs> oh shit. Yeah. that might be level.
2: <laughs> She's watched a lot of Roy Jones fights, <laughs> so If that
3: yeah, defo, if well, if that if that's a level it's a draw, if not we'll go through the things. Both of you are uh, undefeated on the ring. That was very good you two. Sweet Caroline. So that me I mean you can't lose in the ring, you can't lose on the feature. So let's talk about most recent win. And that was a big moment for you, that Lescano one because she was like well, ranked like top Three yeah, in the three. world, three, Just yeah, it, yeah, okay. Spa, all of that, and that, so it was like an opportunity for you to kind of make a bit of a bit of a statement because you've been sort of chilling everyone who was not on your level, and then it's like here's someone that should be near your level.
0: Yeah, I didn't think it was a very good performance, but in terms of like. Comparisons are like if you look at what she did and what she's achieved, you she thought Estella Mosley, who's the Olympic champion, she's obviously just behind Kate Taylor, Michaela Mayer, she's very experienced pro. She's had 20 bouts, she's only lost twice, and she's very, she was actually very strong. She's very experienced and she was tough. I think she would give a lot of girls trouble. She really would. And um, I won it pretty convincingly.
2: Mm. Paint a picture for our listeners. Give us like a little technical breakdown of what really worked and what you would have done different.
0: Yeah, I think what worked was the body shots, you know, I felt that she was though they were taking a toll and she was starting to feel them a lot. And then coming to the later round she was, you know, starting to physically get broken down and I could see, you know, on her face like she wasn't doing a very good at hiding hiding how, how much pain she was in and then obviously the knockdown and everything like that, she she really started to fade and the body shots were good. I think if I could go back in time and do it again I would not rush it so much, I would go off the jab a lot more. I hardly used the jab and I put my punches together in combinations. I would not really load up as much as I was, but f- go for more for combinations and have that the outlook of trying to break it down, trying to really put the pedal to the metal and every round apply more and more pressure. And I don't think I did that. I think I was going in the right direction. As soon as the knockdown happened, I went crazy.
3: Did it feel like a different level of opponent? like someone yeah, that's was, not just crumbling. Yeah,
0: in the first round, she come and hit me with a one-two and I thought, damn, this ain't part <laughs> of the script. You ain't supposed to do that. <laughs> she, she actually hit really hard and I was really shocked. That told me that I was in, in for a proper fight. But then I, I was totally switched on and I remember thinking, okay, don't get hit with that again. And then I did get hit with that straight again. <laughs> and I was like, okay, don't get hit with that after that. And then I just focused on trying to beat, beat her up as much as I could and Yeah.
3: In an ideal world, where do you want to be in like 12 months in terms of record? Like, because you're getting moved quickly and you're boxing regular. Like, what what's the plan?
0: The aim was always five fights this year. Yeah. I've had two so far. I've got three more to go. If I can have two more fights and... Hopefully, fight for a world title or get into a position where I'm fighting for a mandatory, where I become mandatory challenge or something like that. That would be great for me.
2: Paint a picture for young pros who are looking up to you and going, oh, "I'm dreaming of being on the road to world titles like Caroline mm-hmm. Dubois." What's the best thing about being you right now?
0: I just really privileged at the moment to be the position that I'm in. You know, I remember like I'm walking down the streets and I'm getting recognized. And I'm like, "Wow, these people know me and they're, they're taking notice." I'm so privileged to be. You know under Sky Sports at the minute, being pushed the way I am, I'm co-maining, I'm big positions in the card and I'm just really happy at where I'm at um, right now. I feel like I'm headed in the right direction.
3: Let's wind it all the way back to the very start of the episode when we talked about pressure mm. right? and pressure and you've sort of alluded that pressure is what you put, the only pressure you feel really is what you put on yourself. So what's the big ambition? Like when all said and done in 15 years or whatever it is, however long you're boxing for, what do you hope to have achieved? What do you? What have you set out to achieve?
0: Um, I want to be undisputed in multiple weight divisions. I want to go through the weight divisions, a bit like Canelo, and Manny Packer, I Want to go up? I see myself going maybe up to one five four, just be undisputed. But to be honest, the biggest goal that I have is when I retire. Um, I want people to say that Karen DuBois was a great boxer, not a great female boxer, but just a great boxer. And I think if I can do that, and have you know young boys and girls coming through, and they say, ah. Oh, I'm going to the gym tonight. Let me put on some boxing to get myself in the mindset. I'm fighting tomorrow. Let me get myself in the mindset. I want my name to be one of the names that they tap in to watch. Growing up, I watched, you know, Marvin Hagler. I watched Sugar Ray Leonard. I watched Roberta Duran. It didn't matter what weight division they were. It didn't matter oh, their gender or anything like that. I just enjoyed and loved them and i would love it if one day i have young kids young boys and girls having the same attitude towards me
2: magnificent
3: we need one bit of housekeeping george
2: yeah caroline we ask every one of our guests to tell us what their ring walk track would be. We add it to our playlist on Spotify. Yeah, these young kids who want to get in the zone, they want to know fighting like Caroline Dubois, they can start at the ring walk with your track, with your tune. So if you wouldn't mind, tell us what your ring walk track you would like to put on our playlist is.
0: The last one, which was pretty good. You know, I got the heads up from George Gross. So I'll go with uh, Feeling Good, Nina Simone by Remix uh, by Bass Nectar.
3: Okay, is that on Spotify? I hope so. I hope so too.
0: <laughs> if the not,
2: remix is not on the playlist yet. Yeah, the remix
3: going on. We haven't had the original either. Nina Simone, I think, no. I think it's the first I bit know, of Nina Simone. One, I would
2: have posted it straight away. I think it's,
3: it's one so of the first Nina Simone, yeah. I think that's the first Nina Simone we've had on the playlist. That's amazing.
2: Love it. Caroline, thank you so much for coming so on good. today.
0: Thank yeah. you. Thank you guys for inviting me here.
3: How about that then, Deck? How about... Caroline, aka Colin Dubois.
2: Imagine if she was still keeping that secret and we uncovered it on our show. It started as a little white lie, guys. You know, just to get in the boxing gym. There was no girls, and I just didn't know when to bring it up. And now I'm, I've been to a bunch of Olympics, and I'm about eight, and I was a pro. But I've got to sort of come clean, clean, <laughs> clear my conscience.
3: What a story! But that's why you know, honesty always the best policy. Because she got, <laughs> she got herself in a bit of trouble. There, she's like, shit. They think I'm a boy called Colin. I'm gonna have to leave that entire club. But. Um, um, glad she did and the rest is history it's another Shane McGuigan boxer in the club as well we nearly we nearly got to the bottom of the bottom of that gym so to speak
2: once we've done that we might have to quit this podcast <laughs> if I think else just he's going to gonna
3: gonna have to, try to start bringing in some more fighters as well just to keep this podcast going <laughs> of course he and Caroline both elite club members till the day they die they walk this earth as as one but if if you haven't been on the pod yet how can you join that that exclusive club that pantheon of greats
2: well DM you deck because we're going to do a fan episode real soon so yes. if you, if you want to you better have some great stories so I mean don't just come in with something limp but leave leave I don't know maybe leave something to the imagination and that could be one way you become an elite club member another way maybe a slightly easier way to hit the follow button in your podcast app we love it when people hit the follow button in their podcast app we, we check every day a big countdown like the social network and when we're gonna hit a million we're gonna let off party poppers ross's been baking he's gonna make us a cake producer ross so please do Hit the follow button in your podcast app.
3: And speaking of um, cakes and celebrations of that, it's nearly one year old, George. We're nearly at our first birthday. So any ideas what we can do to mark our occasion, the birthday, then tell us, please, any ideas you got. Also, while you're thinking, if you're on, your, on- the socials. That's the way to do it, isn't it? But how, what I'm always wondering is how the hell do I get into- What is the handle? Like, what what am I supposed to write in?
2: The socials are GG Boxing Club. Oh. Uh, that's on Instagram, Twitter, TikTok. You can email us, ggboxingclub, at crowdnetwork.co.uk if you've got a little bit of a longer question like Nathan Tuffin yeah, the to Tuff. had today so uh, yeah get on there get, get them in we read them all Ross reads them all really producer Ross and then he just sends on the ones that are decent get involved and you can
3: always include as well your entry for our playlist The Ring Walk that can be found on the link tree as well for many of you who are asking and if you want to listen ad free Amazon Music baby That's the answer. Now, next week, there's no sports day on Monday, so we will be back for HPT. We're going to be looking back at Josh Kelly, who's boxing this weekend, uh, and various other news. Of course, we've had Joshua White signed this week. Um, Canelo's got a fight against Jamel Charlo. We've got all sorts of stuff to discuss. We'll save that for Monday. And then Wednesday, George, regular programming. What are we saying?
2: Yeah, we're back on Wednesday, regular programming next week with... Ellis Zorro. Tell us about his progression through the pros. AK
3: the maskov. I don't think he likes that. he probably beat me up if we say that. But um Ellis Zoro's in the club. Very interesting backstory. I can't wait to hear from him.
2: Yep, another cruise weight in a great division. Talking big fights. So yeah. See you next week, Deck. Have a great See weekend. You, there, mate. you Rest too Rest that ankle.